All right, there we go. You see, family, in order for a microphone to work, I've taken a lot of classes on microphones, Dodie. You actually have to turn it on, number one. Second step is unmute the microphone. Wow. This is why, see, if, if Brittany is not physically within like five or six feet of me, I completely break down. I completely just, I barely even know how to put my own pants on. And so, it's, it's, I'm telling y'all, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, oh, man. Hey, a couple of things before I jump into my message this morning. Uh, I'm excited to build you up this morning. I got some, something I want to share. Uh, and I, it's just something that, that I... Uh, just in my heart, when I think about this, it just, man, it builds me up. You, you ever get excited and you just think, man, God is so good and he's got my back on, on this thing or that thing and it just makes you feel good. Makes you feel like you could just walk out, any demon gets up in your face and you just slap them, man, where the chin is just the wrong direction. Come on. And uh, so that's what I feel about this one this morning. But a couple of things. Um, uh, we're going to have every year, we have two uh, barbecues, one to begin summer and one to say goodbye to summer. Because, listen, I love summer. And when I was a kid, the worst thing in the world was when I would go in Walmart and see the school supply list come up. <laughs> because I would be like, dude, summer just started last week. And they're already selling school supplies. But y'all know how it goes. I mean, we do Christmas like in uh, Labor Day, they already got Christmas trees up, right? So like, but anyway, but now that I am grown and I got to go work outside sometimes. Some of y'all work outside all the time. When it's time to say goodbye to summer, you're just over here going, thank you, Jesus. Your grace is sufficient, God. Get this heat off of me. But anyway, so we want to do something uh, June 1st. It's a Wednesday night. We're going to have Say Hello Summer Barbecue out back, and we'll have some fun stuff for the kids. We'll have some fun stuff for the grown folks. And so um, there's a sign-up sheet going around somewhere. Brittany, who has the sign-up sheet? Do you know? Do you have it? She's, she'll get it. All right, cool. We're very organized at Community Church North Webster. But anyway, uh, there's some sign-up sheet for some things, and so you can bring Debbie Cakes or charcoal or whatever, and we're going to have a good time, and that's uh, June 1st, it's Wednesday night. June 8th, we're going to start something that I'm excited. I'm really, really, really pumped about this. Uh, we're not going to do, normally on Wednesday nights, we have uh, what we call small groups. Some, some of these groups ain't small no more. Come on, thank God. Uh, that's something to be excited about. Uh, so we're going to have to start calling them big groups, I guess. Uh, but we do ladybugs in the fellowship hall, Bible study out here, and then mud bugs out in the a thousand degree heat out there because we're crazy. Uh, and so what we're going to do is for the summer, uh, we're going to change things up a little bit. And we're going to have something called Grow You Summer Session. And so we're going to have three sessions, three breakout sessions over nine weeks. Uh, uh, Brittany and I are going to lead one. Pastor Daphne is going to lead one. And come on, Sister Nelda is going to lead one. Can we celebrate? Woo! That's one. And I'm kind of like, I want to go to that one. But I don't want to, Brittany, can you just, like, for two weeks, just leave by yourself? Uh, we better not do that. All right. Anyway, so uh, I'm excited about that. And so y'all plug into that. If you don't usually come on Wednesday night for whatever reason, this is a great opportunity to jump in and start visiting on Wednesday night. And uh, I, I'm super excited. It's going to be great. Um, Next Sunday, we've got a special guest speaker from Teen Challenge going to come in and share a powerful testimony. So I'm really, I'm excited. Looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be good. I always, we love, in this church, we love Teen Challenge. Amen. And uh, we have seen people that we know, people that we love that have been really 
just their lives have been taken over by uh, horrible addictions and things that they just needed help uh, getting loose of. And Teen Challenge has got, uh, they honestly, guys, they just got it going on. There's other programs that people go to, and they're not spirit-led. They're not, you know, the teachers and the instructors and the uh, the, the leaders are not full of the Holy Ghost and things just fall apart. But y'all, when, when you get the Holy Spirit involved with things, come on, good things begin to happen. Amen. And so I want to talk this morning uh, to you about something that is uh, pretty relevant, I think. If you want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 with me, um, we're not going to read just yet. Uh, so I'll give you, a, uh, give you a, a running head start there. But uh, Jared, if you if you will go ahead and put my there you, there we go. So there's something today we're talking about cancellation versus restoration. And have if you've ever been completely stopped from doing something, you understand what cancellation is. I remember uh, my mother used to work uh, in Little Rock as a as an RN. And uh, she was killing it, y'all. I mean, not, not really. That, maybe that's a bad word. Nurses don't go in and kill stuff. But uh, she was, <laughs> whoo, boy. They let this man talk. <laughs> she would go and work in this busy ICU in Little Rock and just, man, was doing a great job. But sometimes she would leave and uh, we're thinking, all right, dude, it's on. We're finna eat candy and cereal for every meal for the whole weekend. We're talking about Lucky Charms Buffet, all right? And uh, me and my brother and my dad, we're just going to get in all kinds of trouble. And all of a sudden, mom would come back. And we'd be like, what are you doing? And they would, she would say, I got canceled. They didn't need her to come in, and so she would come back. Some of you guys, you, you, maybe you got in trouble, and you got canceled from doing something you wanted to go do. You got grounded, or they stopped you. Uh, some of y'all was ready to go on a fishing trip but you didn't keep up with the honeydews or whatever, and you got canceled from that fishing trip, and you just had to pray about it. So we're talking about cancellation today. Listen, there's something you've all probably heard this term used recently called cancel culture. Cancel culture. You've heard that word. If you've watched the news, if you've been on the internet more than twice, you've heard the word or the term Cancel culture. Cancel culture is an attempt to enforce groupthink while penalizing outliers. It is also defined as the collective withdrawal of support as a way of expressing dis disapproval against individuals and brands with influence. And here's the thing. Cancel culture oftentimes you, you think is... Is, is leaning one way, but it can, anybody can participate in cancel culture. Uh, let me just get a little political for five seconds here. Uh, Disney canceled an actress because she expressed some opinions that Mickey Mouse did not like. So they canceled her, fired her, and she was on an up, an, uh, a rising, she was a rising star. They kind of canceled that. Well, Turn, my grandpa used to say, turnabout's fair play. Now, the state of Florida has canceled Disney because there was some grooming happening, if you haven't followed that situation, where they were teaching some children some inappropriate things, inappropriate sexual things. And so anybody can face that. And I think that some of us probably have canceled people. Some of us have gotten upset and angry and frustrated with people, and we've just shut them off. 
We've shut them up and we've stopped them. Some of us probably, I hope, I hope you guys haven't do, done this. I've done this because I've lived in some sin in my life. But some of us have decided to cancel someone by saying things that maybe weren't true about that person to try to set them up for failure. And I just want to visit with you this morning and tell you that cancellation is not Calvary. Come on, let me say that again. Cancel culture does not reflect Christ culture. Come on, somebody. And so uh, it works. Cancel culture works because the masses disapproval often leads to the loss of the target's influence and what? Revenue. Who likes a little revenue? Come on. I know you do. Like, and so whenever people start throwing a fit and they say, well, I'm not going to shop there anymore. If you support this, I'm not going to support you. And family, I just want to share that that's not the way that Jesus teaches us to lead our lives. Jesus doesn't teach us to look at someone's action and decide if we're going to love that person. Come on. Jesus loves in an unconditional and perfect way that we cannot understand. Come on. Do you know that even, in the, even when your kids are doing the craziest stuff, yeah, you might love them, but you get so frustrated. Sometimes you get so frustrated. And, and I have found, I'm going to just be, just be vulnerable with you as a parent, but sometimes your kids overwhelm you in such a way that you, just, you, don't, you almost don't know what to do with them. And you're like, God, I just need help. God, I just, I don't even know what to do with this. And you look at them and you say, they've got so much of me in them. And you just, ah, I need to go to the altar, man. But let me tell you that as, as God's kids, we do all these crazy things. We do these wild things, guys. And God, there's never a point where God doesn't know what to do with us. There's never a point where his love is questioned. I'm not saying that you question your love for your kids. You probably question whether you like them sometimes. But listen, listen. All right, y'all calm down. <laughs> that doesn't happen with Jesus. Come on. Because he knows us and he loves us and he knows the potential that we have. So cancellation is not Calvary. I want you to get, get that in your head today. So uh, let me just give you a couple of examples real quick if, you haven't, if you're not tracking with me. You guys... Has anybody seen John Cena? No? Nobody? Get it? Because you can't. Okay. Um, it's, it's a wrestling joke. There was a guy. He's an actor. And he was promoting a film. And he was promoting it to a Chinese audience. And Mr. Cena mentioned Taiwan. There's a little uh, bad blood there between those two. And so they threatened to cancel John Cena unless he came out and apologized. Again, let me tell you something. God doesn't hold things over your head and say, hey, you messed up and I'm not going to be friends with you. I'm not going to let you work in the church. I'm not going to do all these things. I'm not going to love you unless you repent and act right and stop doing those things. Listen, God loves you regardless of the decisions you've made in your life. Now, let me say this. The decisions you make can get you out of the plan of God, and God wants you to come close to him. God wants you to dwell in close, intimate fellowship with him, and the Holy Spirit cleans us up and works through what we call sanctification, and uh, we get close to God. But the mistakes that you've made 
don't make you when it comes to Jesus' opinion of you. He loves you regardless. That doesn't give us an excuse to keep doing crazy things. That gives us an excuse to walk in faith. Come on. So uh, another thing, you may have followed, there's a court case going on right now. Anybody like a courtroom nerd? No? Come on, my wife. There's no one else? All right, it's just me. Oh, Jennifer, okay, good. All right, listen, I got called for jury duty, and I went down to Minden, and I, and I thought, you know, I was kind of excited about it, right? Like, the only person in America that's excited to go to jury duty. And, like, <laughs> and so I go in, and I sit on these nice pews, and uh, <laughs> that's not what they are. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm so similar to God, a bench is a pew to me, man. Listen, and so I go in and I sit down. I didn't even take a book, y'all. There's people reading, like, all these different books and stuff and sitting there. And I'm just like, wow, I'm so excited to see the ju- judicial system at work. <laughs> oh, he, boy, howdy. Listen, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of excited about this. I want to see the process. And, and so here comes, the, here comes this guy. He's coming in. He's wearing his awesome pajamas. And I'm like, wow, look at that guy. And, and everyone has to stand up. And, and then here's the thing that happens. Everyone starts saying, I can't serve today. And they say, wow, because my back hurts. Are you dead no, you can still serve. And this one lady, y'all, it was crazy. They said, they, they called her name, they called her name, they called her name. She didn't answer. And so they said, send a deputy. And I thought, wow, they're sending somebody to remind her that she forgot. That is so good. Come on. Uh, that's not what they were doing, y'all. But I'm a courtroom nerd. And so I do watch court cases sometimes. And so right now there's one going on, you may have heard, and it's between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. You, you don't want to hear about it anymore. But this whole thing is because of, it's a defamation case. He's suing because she defamed him and got him what? Canceled. Okay. And you're thinking, what? Johnny Depp is Jack Sparrow. He can't get canceled. Yeah, it can happen. Cancel culture is powerful. And it is worldly. And let me just tell you right now, before I go any further, that Satan wants to cancel you. Satan will do everything in his power to cancel you. Because he knows that if you mattered enough to Jesus for him to come and step down from heaven into this dirty, nasty world and die on a cross, and be laid in a borrowed tomb. If you mattered enough to Jesus that he would do that, then he must have big plans for you. Come on. I wish somebody would have got excited. If you mattered enough to Jesus that he gave his life on a cross in shame for you, then he must have big plans for your life. You better take that to the bank family because it's true. And Satan knows that. And so it freaks him out, Landon. And he wants to cancel you. So what can he do? He can accuse. He can lie. He can set up things in your path to cause you to stumble. He wants to cancel you. Because cancellation is the opposite of restoration, which is Jesus. Come on, he's a redeemer. He's a restorer. So... um, I think we see something right now because our, our culture is so uh, offended. Have you ever offended anybody? 
Anybody ever got put in like social media jail? I haven't. I got a warning one time because I said, literally, I said I was going to, I think I said I was like, I'm punch the devil in the face. And they were like, you can't punch the devil in the face. You're in trouble. And I'm like, bet. But listen, <laughs> you can't take me down, Mark Zuckerman. But anyway, uh, I think that Christians, unfortunately, get so freaked out by people that get freaked out that we don't live our lives as proudly Christian as we should. Can I say that? I think that we get so worried about speaking truth and standing on truth because we're afraid of being canceled. People lose their jobs, guys. Because they say the wrong thing. Because they say something that offends somebody and that person goes to somebody else and that person goes to somebody else. And, they, and people lose jobs. People lose uh, their ability to support their family. And so we're so freaked out to say the truth and to stand on the truth. And that's not Jesus. That's not Calvary. That's a worldly thing. And so I want to talk today about this cancel culture stuff and uh, just, just let you know that it's not what Jesus has for you, that no matter where you're at in, in your walk with him, that he's there with you. Come on. And you might be struggling today, but that doesn't mean that Jesus says, hey, you're kind of struggling, so we're going to kick you off for a few days. No, he loves you, and he wants to come to you and be with you in the midst of your struggle. Come on. So uh, in Christ, I've got some things I want to give you this morning. In Christ, the old man has not been canceled, killed, or erased, but has been restored. Come on, somebody. Uh, when, when you come to Christ, you don't just get erased. God doesn't take the things that you have done and say, hey, uh, you're, you're over. You're over. Listen, we say new creation. And here's what I think that God does. I think that God takes the old ground that you walked on. Everything is leveled. There's no buildings standing up. There's no monuments to the sins of your past. And God does what he did in the Garden of Eden. And he just takes that mess and just pulls a person out of it. And so, you know what? You can look down when you're walking with Christ, Sue. You can look down and say, I remember the things that I did because there's somebody that you will encounter, I promise, in your walk with Jesus that's going through some of the same stuff that you were in the middle of. And you can look down and say, hey, I remember when I was addicted to something. I remember when I was depressed. I remember when I had you know, whatever going on mentally. And you can come to that person and say, hey, I was in the same place that you're in today, and Jesus restored me. He didn't destroy me, but he he renewed me. Come on, somebody. So in Christ, the old man is not canceled, but is restored. In Christ, mistakes do not make the man. Failure does not have to be final, and sin is cast into a sea of forgetfulness. You see, the world wants to remind you of the mistakes you made. The world wants to remind you of that time that you messed up. That time that you did. Anybody get one of those tickets from, that, uh, from the machine? There's a RoboCop in Spring Hill. Listen, I came home the other day, came home from work, and I, I opened the, the old mailbox, and, uh, you know, there's some junk in there, Con's Home Center, 
And I looked down and I see something that looked interesting. So I opened it up and I said, I saw a picture of a, a vehicle, looked very familiar. And I said, hey, that looks like our car. And it said, you were speeding. And I was like, immediately, I was like, I don't accept that negativity in my life. <laughs> but you can't see who's driving. And so I was like, Brittany, were you driving? And she's like, I think you were driving. I don't go that way. You know? And so, yeah, exactly. It's gossip. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't take that accusation. But listen, there is a, there's a RoboCop in Spring Hill. And if you go over 11 in a place, and the, the, the spot that it's sitting in, the speed limit is 15, okay? It's really hard to go 15 miles an hour. It's really hard, okay? So, no, it's, it's 35 later in the day. Okay, let's not argue about that right now. <laughs> I love this church. <laughs> Listen, so... Um, we got this thing in the mail, all right? And it was saying, hey, you did this. And guess what? If, now, for, a, for when they first set that thing up, it was on like a, a trial base uh, period, okay? So it sent out notifications that weren't really tickets. But if you get one now, guess what happens? They're going to remind you. They're going to keep reminding you that somebody in your house... They don't know who it was. <laughs> it was going too fast. Maybe somebody stole your car. I don't know. But listen, they're going to keep reminding you. If you've ever owed somebody something, you've ever owed a debt collector something, they keep reminding you. If your car's extended warranty, never mind. Listen, <laughs> that's the world, man. Remind you of your sins. Jesus reminds you of your redemption and reminds you of your potential. I love potential. That's why, you know, uh, we love our next generation ministries in this church. We love our kids and our student ministries because there's so much potential. And I love walking into uh, Pastor Jason. He'll have his class going. And I love to say this. I love to say this to these kids. You have more potential than I do. It sounds really wise. It, you know, whatever. I stole it from somebody. But I say, you have more potential than I do because you've got more time than I've got. You don't have to make the silly mistakes that I made for years and years and years. You can learn from my mistakes and do better. And so I love potential. And that's one of the coolest things about Jesus Jesus sees and knows your potential. And he gives you the opportunity and the ability to act on that potential. And not just sit here and, you know, uh, whatever, we're just going to kind of float through life. No. But to act on that potential and to do great things through him. Let me read this again. Mistakes do not make the man. Failure does not have to be final. And sin is cast into a sea of forgetfulness. Therefore... We, as the redeemed people of God, do not conform to the culture of this world, of the USA, of Twitter, of Facebook, of any of these things, but we conform to Christ culture. Come on. Not cancel culture, not this other stuff, but Christ culture. Uh, 1 Peter 2 says, 
uh, he's talking about being a chosen people. And he says at verse 11, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And we'll skip over to verse 23. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Come on, somebody. Can you stand on that this morning? It does not matter what they want to say about you. It does not matter if they say, I'm going to cancel you if you don't agree with me. If you don't shut up about that Jesus you keep talking about. It doesn't matter. You can take that insult. You can take those crazy things that people want to say and people want to do and still walk with your shoulders up and your head held high knowing that your identity is not in them your identity is not in pop culture but your identity is in a redeemer whose name is above all other names come on somebody so listen Let's, let's look at verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Come on, that's good, Peter. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Come on. So look, I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to stand on the truth. And here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to act like the world acts. Let me say it again. I'm not going to do the things that everybody else does. I'm not going to do those things. Peter says, hey, you guys are redeemed. You guys are bought with a high price. You are not like sheep led astray, but you are brought back to the good shepherd. So don't do those things. Instead, live lives that are so different. That's how the early church grew, family. Come on. They lived lives that were so different, so radically changed, that people had to go and say, but what are you doing? What are you doing different over there? You ever had your neighbor just show up at your house? We had an estate sale. Somebody across the street from us had an estate, estate sale uh, this weekend. And we got up. People go to garage sales too early. Can I say that in church? Listen, it's like 5 o'clock in the morning, people are like, y'all got any cast iron over here? You got any, you got any ceramic chickens? You know, like, come on, dude. Listen. And so I went in. I woke my son up to get ready to take him to preschool. I said, Jonah. He's, and my son does not like to get up. He's just like both of his parents, all right? So he doesn't, I said, Jonah, look at all these people in your yard. He's, he's looking through the blinds. He said, what are they doing? I said, I don't know. Let's go see. My guy leaves the house in his underwear. Goes and stands in the front yard. He's like, what are they doing, daddy? And I'm like, don't worry about what they're doing, man. I think you're breaking the law right now. And so, listen, somebody shows up and asks you what you're doing, all right? That's what grew the 
early church. People saw this radical life change. People stopped doing all these pagan things. They stopped sacrificing the way that they used to do, and their lives improved. Their attitudes improved. The things they stopped doing all these crazy stuff, and, and their lives got better. There was a goodness that blessed their homes, and people wanted to know what it was, and they said, it has a name, and his name is Jesus. Come on, and that's what Peter tells us to do. Listen, no retaliation, only forgiveness. Culture is obsessed with being right, while Jesus is obsessed with redemption. Our culture listens to respond, not to hear. Come on, have you ever seen that happen? Somebody's not listening to you to hear what's on your heart. Somebody's not listening to you to, to hear what you have to say. They're listening to you so they can formulate a response to prove you wrong or debate you effectively. Don't do that. Don't do that. When someone is, is, is talking to you, when someone is sharing with you, listen to them. Come on. Listen to them. A lot of times, one of the scariest things as a pastor that happens to me is people come up to me and they say, well, pastor, I need advice. And I'm like, oh, and I'm just like, get my phone. I'm like, call pastor Daphne. Like, <laughs> listen, a lot of times I don't know what to say. We were just talking about this in Sunday school this morning. I don't know what to say a lot of times, but I do know what to do. I do know how to grab your hand and pray with you. And I think there's a power in that. And I think that some, sometimes you don't have to have the words to say. I think, I think giving brotherly advice, come on, giving Christ-like advice is great. Giving biblical advice is great. And that's a calling that probably all of us get to work in at times. But better than that is to stand with somebody in prayer and talk to Jesus. And say, hey, you know what? I don't know what to tell you about this situation. I don't know what to tell you to do. I don't know what to tell you to say. Listen, but I can, I can pray with you right now. We can believe together. Come on. So listen, um, check your heart and your bias. Watch this. Road rage translates to everything else. We get a road rage attitude. You ever see somebody freak out on the road? Come on, it might have been somebody you was related to. You might have been in the backseat of the car and they're freaking out. Well, put the fingers down. Put the fingers down. All right. Oh, boy. Y'all almost out of hand this morning. All right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the reason we get so frustrated is we're not directly communicating with people. You know, if you go to the store, probably none of you guys are just going off on somebody if they drive their buggy too close to your buggy. You're like, get away from my buggy. I hope none of you guys are doing that. I hope you go to the grocery store. Guys, I, dude, y'all mess me up. This is what men do. Ladies, when they go to the grocery store, they get a buggy because they know what they're there for. Guys are hunters, and we're like, we go in there like for bananas, but we also see some steak. We're like, oh, I need that. And so we grabbed them bananas. And we grabbed, oh, I need some milk too. So he grabbed the milk. And by the time a dude get ready, gets ready to check out, he's got 400 pounds of stuff. And he's walking around. He barely can see over his bananas and Gatorade. And so this, this happens to me almost every day when I go to the store. And people will see you coming and they'll feel sorry for your dumb self. And they'll say, here, you get in line before me because I have a buggy because I'm intelligent. They don't say all that. But... <laughs> They say, here, you get, you get ahead of me. Where does that happen on the highway? You know, people see you coming through, and they say, go, go ahead and get in ahead of me. It, it happens sometimes. But listen, that attitude of anon uh, anonymous 
anger translates because we're so used to doing it online. We can say something ugly to somebody on, on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever, and we feel anonymous even though most of us, our government name is stuck right there with our picture so they can hack our stuff. Um, but that translates into our everyday lives. And so check your heart, check your bias. Do, do you ever get frustrated? Somebody starts saying something that you don't agree with, and you're just like, oh, I want them to be quiet. Listen, that's not Jesus. That's not Christ-like. Somebody believes something different than you, even if it's a sinful thing. Come on. Even if they put ketchup on steak, y'all. That doesn't mean you need to cancel that person out of your life. That means you need to love that person. Don't put ketchup on your steak. All right. <laughs> Listen. That attitude translates into our everyday life, making us into vicious reactors, not gentle doves. In Christ, there is patience, forgiveness, hope, and restoration. First Timothy says he is patient with us and came to forgive. His, he is the source of infinite hope. His goal isn't condemnation or cancellation, but restoration. And I'm going to close with this. Isaiah 49 says, this is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. Listen, family, I think that in these days, we see a lot of scary things going on. We see countries invading other countries. We see people being put in camps in, in, in places. We see identity struggles all over. We, there, there are groups coming in, and, and they, they want to teach our children things that are not right. And people say, well, follow the science. And then it doesn't touch the right narrative, and so we quit the science. And people say, my body, my choice, unless they want you to do something that they want you to do. And there's all these different things. And so what is, what is the Christ follower to do? Are we to get mad and stomp our feet and say, no, it needs to be this way? No, that's not what Christ calls us to do. Because family, that's not what he did. Do you not think that he could have called down the full power of heaven? That he could have commanded the armies of heaven to erase every soldier that was torturing him? Do you not think that his infinite power gave him the ability to stop all of those things from happening? But yet, he still suffered and died without turning and being angry. You know, one of, the, one of those that were crucified with him cursed and screamed, vicious! And let me just be really honest with you. I get so frustrated with my Christian brothers and sisters when I see that viciousness come out towards those who are fallen, who we should love and we should chase after and say, God loves you. It's so what if you spit in my face? So what if you cuss me out? So what if you do all these things to me? My love for you still stands because Christ forgave me first. 
that's where we should be standing. Come on, church. And I'll get passionate about that. I get so frustrated with Christians in, in 2022 that are so... Ah, let me not get too political here. But are so pampered. We're so pampered with the things that we have. And we're so blessed. And anytime someone even gets close to insulting that or attacking that or making us uncomfortable, sometimes, I'm not saying you do this. I hope you don't. But if you do, I'm preaching to you and I want you to change. I want you to do a little better. But we get so frustrated and we get angry and we get freaked out. And you know what that says to me? When, when Christian people lash out at worldly people, do you know what it says to me? That they probably need to get on their knees and work on getting a little bit closer to Christ. Because it's a lack of faith. It's not a frustration problem. It's a faith problem. Let me, let me just give you one more thing and then we're going to close. Um, we all know the story of the prodigal son, the son that left. There was no reason in that story, there was no reason to let him back in, Sue. You left. You gave everything away. You quit. You ever, anybody ever quit a job? Have you ever quit a job and then tried to go back? I have. You know what they did? <laughs> they said, Okay. <laughs> okay. And I know, I didn't see him do this. I know that they walked over the trash can with my resume. <laughs> we'll keep this on file. <laughs> I know that's what they did. Listen, there is no reason to let him back in. But he was let back in. And he wasn't just let back in. He said, hey, let me in and I will, I'll be a servant. I'll clean up the pigs. Oh, pigs are nasty. I'll clean up the pigs. I'll do whatever I have to do. I just want to be back in. But that's not what Jesus does. And that's the example here. That when we come back in and we're all messed up, and we've done all these stupid things, and the world says, you're canceled, you're done, the things that you've done are now your identity, and you're stuck, and you can't move past that. We're going to write you down in Wikipedia as a bad person, and that's it. That's not what Jesus does for us, family. When we come back in, there is restoration. And that's what this story says. He was restored. That there was a celebration. And let me just tell you something, family. I know in my heart that every time one of these lost ones comes in that the world wants to cancel, I know that heaven celebrates. I know that there is a great applause in heaven because that's Jesus. And so... Today, I want to ask you this question as we get ready to close, or as we're closing. Do you represent Christ's culture in your life every day? Come on. When you're driving down the road, when you're at the grocery store, when you are dealing with someone on the phone and you're frustrated, come on. They just turned your electricity off because they accidentally did it. You know, they, they meant to get the house next to you, but they got your house. And you're on the phone with somebody that's probably going through some stuff. Are you, are you re representing Christ's culture or that cancel culture that's, that's not of God? Come on. Let me challenge you with that. When you're frustrated with somebody that's got a different political belief or a different idea about the way the world works, 
Do you represent Christ to that person? Come on. When your family is going bonkers crazy, wild stuff happening, are you representing Christ culture? Are you teaching Christ culture to those little ones instead of cancel culture? Hey, I remember when you messed up, and now that you're, you're, you're punished. Don't get me wrong. You have to discipline. But discipline cannot become definition. Come on. You've got to restore. There's got to be grace. Or maybe today you are hurting because you've gone through some of that cancellation. Maybe somebody canceled you. Maybe somebody decided that they didn't have room for you in their heart, in their plan, and it hurts bad. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I do know one thing. Regardless of what that person says, you do have a place in the Father's house. Come on, you do have a place in the heart of Jesus. And so this morning, I want to just pray together. And uh, if you want to stand where you're at, we're going to pray about two things, family. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've gotten pretty frustrated over the past few days, over the past week, over the past stinking two years, I've got pretty frustrated and, and I've lashed out at some people and I haven't represented Jesus. And I've been carrying that, that guilt. I've been carrying that frustration with the way I acted. Maybe you say that today. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I've, somebody hurt me bad. They slammed the door in my face and I, I was canceled by them, and I'm hurt about it, and I can't move forward, and I need restoration. <laughs> so I want to pray with you about those things. If we could just all bow our heads and close our eyes right now. Just for, just for a couple of moments. God, I just pray right now that you begin a work of restoration in every heart, God, in this room. God, if we've been frustrated with people and, and not represented you the way we should, God, I just pray that you let us know that we're forgiven for those things. God, that those frustrating moments don't define us, but God, we can use those mistakes to grow and become better. And God, maybe there's some of us in this room that are, are really hurt right now because someone canceled us, because someone slammed the door of their life in our face and they didn't offer restoration. Maybe we messed up, God. Maybe they just were going through a season that, that, of turmoil in their life and they just decided they didn't want, they didn't want us around as a friend, as a rela in relationship, whatever, God. And they slammed that door in our face. And we're still hurt over it. God, I just pray that you begin to heal those hearts that are hurting. God, that you begin to restore. It doesn't matter what the world says, God. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. But it matters what you think, God, and what you say. And you say that you love us. And you say that your arms are open wide. And I just pray right now, God,
that if there's anybody in this room, God, if there's anybody watching this live, if there's anyone listening right now, God, that you pull on their heart and let them know that you do love them, that there is no cancellation in Christ. There's only an infinite, eternal, amazing, and perfect love. God, embrace us as we get ready to leave this place. God, as we walk through the next few days, as we lay down, I want you to just continue through the Holy Spirit to remind us, God, that you love us so much and that there is no cancellation in you. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you and we love you.